Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Phil Sitter and Chris Jaminka, co-founders of Repeat MD. All right, welcome everybody. This is Alex Tiersch, Medical Spa Insider. We are continuing our little run of MSS preview podcasts and very, very grateful and lucky to have the co-founders of Repeat MD, Phil Sitter and Chris Chiminko. I'm sorry, Chiminko, um, on the on the AmSpa hotline. They are with Repeat MD, as I mentioned, and they are not only um, uh, big supporters of AmSpa. We've done a, a podcast or two, I think, before. So if you all want to hear a little bit more about about their business, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit. But they've got um, they've got a lot of information on our on our former podcasts, but. Um, we thought we'd bring them on this week because they are going to be, uh, they're a big supporter uh, at Medical Spa Show MSS in Vegas, which we are now, gosh, I am, we're like two two weeks away from, oh, which yeah. is exciting and terrifying all at the same time. It's, it's, <laughs> it's shaping yeah. up to be a huge event, uh, bigger than we could ever have imagined. And, and you two are going to be speaking on... Um, thriving it in uncertain times, right? No, inflation, your pra- what your practice can do to thrive during uncertain times, which I think is a really, um, you know, it's a really appropriate topic. But before we get into to, to that, let's, I just want to say welcome to both of you. Let me know what you guys have been up to. Yeah. Um, give the, give the, give the listeners who maybe haven't heard of you a quick little 30 second sketch of what you guys do. Break it down for him, Bill. Yeah, Alex, pleasure to be back here with you today. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely be at the Medical Spa Show. I think it's the best one in the industry. So if you're thinking about it, do it. You can thank me later. I'll be there in person wearing a white suit um, and white hair. So uh, you'll trust me. You'll can't know who him. I am. With you. you can't yeah. miss me. Um, but, yeah, so repeat MD. We'll talk a little bit about what we do, but why it's important today is we have 1,400 clients all over the nation, and these clients that we have, we have our master classes and we talk about, you know, topics that are important to them. And time and time again, they've asked us, hey, what does the inflation mean to us? What does this inflation mean to us? Right. It's the highest it's been since the 70s. What does the consumer fear index mean? How does it apply to us? Discretionary income tightening uh, fear, the fear of the consumer is the highest it's been since 1954. And what can we do about it? Right. Right? What are the things that we can do? How do we be proactive? Does it affect our clientele, the luxury buyer? Does it affect us? You know, so there's a lot of questions. And so we're here to give you a little preview of that talk, set the record straight on some pieces. And uh, Chris will kind of go over what is inflation, like what's inflation 101? So, you know, we're lucky to have Chris uh, here on the call with us today because he has a master's of finance. He uh, has a bachelor's in economics. He's been thinking about inflation for the last six months, eight months, what it means to the small business owner. Yep. So yeah. I'll let him set the stage. But with RepeatMD, check us out on our website, repeatmd.com. We create a private label mobile rewards app for practices. Think of right. it like Starbucks rewards, but built for your aesthetic practice in which we use your treatments as rewards to engage your patients. But also what we're really well known for is we sold just last year alone $49 million worth of memberships. We've generated $297 million of top line revenue sales for our practices. And uh, we uh, integrate that with financing, whoever you use, and all the other pieces to that. Your practice needs a Starbucks style rewards app to yeah. engage, incentivize, and educate your patients. It's, but it's, especially let's, let's, now, let's, right? Especially yeah, now. especially. Yeah, because retention, Alex, like here's the thing is 
if you're if you're looking at this inflation at all, you're you're understanding that hey, you know, people are spending less money, or I'm more conscious of spending money. Don't be that person that still spends, you know, money consistently on marketing and not looking at retention. Yeah. Patient retention, getting your patients to come in more often and spend more money. That is the name of the game. It's not the next website, the next, you know, the next right. tool that I can find new patients and all those other pieces. But Chris, I want to plug you in. Let's talk about inflation a little bit about, you know, what does it mean to a small business owner? Yeah. What does inflation mean overall? Like what, I know what it feels like. <laughs> I go to the grocery store. Yeah. I know what it feels like. Well, yeah. yeah. So look, inflation I'll tell you, the grocery store is the best place to start, right? Yeah. I went to the grocery store two days ago, bought 18 eggs, and it was $8.59. And yeah. I said, okay, well, what's cheaper than <laughs> eggs? We're just going to start eating grass, right? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's it's crazy to see what inflation does in our real life. And, you know, with my background in finance and economics, the truth is nobody really cares about finance and economics when the market's good. Like, oh, I'll throw money out there, and uh, it's going to come back, and I'm going to have more money. It's not until things start going in the other direction, people are like, hey, let's Let's get interested in finance. What's inflation and what, you know, how does all this work? And, and that's perfectly fine, right? You know, I wish that we weren't here talking about inflation quite personally, um, you know, because yeah. it impacts all of us, right? My dollar doesn't go as far. Your dollar doesn't go as far. But it's the world we live in and it's it's cyclical, right? right. There's going to be a point in any economy's life cycle where uh, the market's going to start cooling off, whether, you know, intentional or by world you know, giant world changing event like we have with COVID, right? Yeah. And I think everybody yeah. knew that COVID was going to have some kind of long tail yeah. um, changes to the way business is do done. And we're seeing that now. So just a little breakdown, right? So maybe you own a med spa or, you know, you're a doctor and you, you, you know way more about medicine than I could ever dream of. And you understand inflation, but you want to understand it a little bit more. So, you know, and I don't want to insult anybody, but, you know, let's no, just start no, with the base level what inflation because, is. Because this is, not, this is not my strong suit. And, and just as a, as a quick aside, uh, Chris, what's interesting is um, we've all heard about inflation, but really the reality is, the, you know, the med spa industry has been through a couple of recessions, but we've never dealt with inflation. It's it's not something that's really happened for, as you said, for for decades. And all of a sudden, it's here, and it's kind of like, what does this mean? So I I would love to get to, mm -hmm. I would love to get the breakdown yeah. as 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 to how this all works. Right. So and so I'll explain to you exactly why inflation can actually be more insidious and more damaging than just a recession on its own, and it has to do with some kind of macroeconomic factors, but. Inflation overall is a good thing, right? The yeah. government aims for an inflation rate right around 3%, keep it right below 3%. So prices are steadily increasing. You know, you're making more money and the economy, the economy is humming along. We don't want prices to go in the other direction. That's called stagflation. And that can be really damaging for an economy. So there is a goal to have some inflation. But once inflation gets to 6 7 8%, it creates some real challenges in the markets. And, here, and here's how it happens. And I'll circle back to how this ultimately ties into med spas, hopefully, I'll be able to circle, you know, square the circle here. Yeah. So now we live in this world with, you know, start off at 9.3% inflation, which is the highest it's been in the last 40 years. And now we're right, right around 6.8, 6.9%. Okay. So as inflation hovers and remains high, the Fed, who's, you know, not an actual, just in case you guys don't know, know this, the Fed is not part of the government. It's the group of private banks, which is its own scary thing. But the Fed says, hey, we're going to raise interest rates, though. If you want to borrow money, we're going to make it more expensive to borrow money. And so what that does is it starts to limit the money supply. So if there's less money, 
then money can't like the value of money can't just go up and up and up, you know, mm -hmm. so if there's, you know, a hundred billion dollars versus a hundred trillion dollars, well, you know, the less money is the, the more valuable it becomes. And so inflation starts to, to go down. So that's the goal, but here's what happened. Now that the federal interest rate is at 4% or it's like 4.25%, right? So that's the Fed reserve, reserve rate, which is what they call it's a safe rate. Yeah. That means I can take my money, I can take $100 of my money and I can put it in the stock market, which is you know risky and yeah. hope for a return, or I can put it in a safe you know federal reserve bond and make 4.25%. So the higher that interest rate goes, the less exciting and the less appealing it is to invest in stock. So what do you see first, right? What has happened in the past six months? The stock market has become tumbling down, mm -hmm. but also inflation is creating an a world where interest rates on those safe loans, those safe bonds are higher. So what that means also is if you had a lot of your money in bonds, your bonds are also less valuable. So in a typical recession, a bond is a safe haven from the stock market going down. Mm -hmm. In this recession that we're facing with inflation, not only are stocks lower, but also the value of bonds are lower. So if you're in your 50s or 60s and you think you've been safe by doing a 60, 40, 60% stocks and 40% bonds, you're losing money on both your stocks and your bonds. Right. That's the right. scary part in the market we're facing right now. It's, they call it Tina. There is no alternative. Like there's no other place to put your money. So now you have your poor demographic as a med spa or a doctor's office. The majority of your patients have 40 to 60 with most of their money tied up in those types of you know, equities and investment vehicles. And now they've been cut down by 40 to 50%. So the question becomes, if they have less disposable income and less of a nest egg to spend, and there's more discomfort in spending large chunks of cash, you know, two or $3,000 on treatments, how can you still keep that business flowing into your business if they're resistant to spending large chunks of money? Right. And that's where we think the idea and solution ultimately comes back to membership programs, yeah. which we see working in businesses all together. Well, let's, so, um, I, I, I want to break that down a little bit because um, that all makes sense. We've we've often there have been those who have called aesthetics and medspas in particularly a recession proof industry, which I, I don't ever like to say that because I don't think anything is recession proof. Um, but um, what there, there seem to be some businesses and Phil, you mentioned luxury goods um, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, there, there seem to be some businesses and industries that are better able to withstand these type of economic pressures than others. And thus far, heretofore with 2008, 2009, um, as well as COVID, um, we have definitely, you know, there's been some pain when we've had these recessions, but the the there's always been growth through it and the rebound has been even more. So what goes into you know, whether or not this industry or, or, or whatever it is, or your particular business is going to be able to survive. I'm, I'm curious if that makes, if that makes sense. Uh, and yeah, you, you too, Chris, I'm curious for both of you. That, that makes perfect sense. And if we looked at the Q4 reporting is because Chris and I kind of track these things, especially with our ideal uh, customer profile with the, with, you know, when it comes to the med spa, who that, that patient looks like, right? Um, if you look at the luxury retailers, the Louis Vuittons of the world, uh, they had an incredible quarter last year. And um, they're, you know, just luxury overall has been, you know, quote unquote, recession proof or inflation proof for yeah. a little while. And so we also feel very bullish about the space itself going forward. But we also do know that looking 
you know, looking just at our, our client's data and having conversations with clients, there is a little bit more hesitation mm-hmm. in the buyer, right? And so you might have a protected buyer's group, but if you're looking to, you know, if you're looking to grow your sales 20% next right. year, you need an additional buyer's group. And that may be the millennials, that may even be Gen Z for preventative Botox and so forth. They're definitely feeling it more. If you also look at uh, just overall the layoffs, the layoffs have been all white collar layoffs up, up to this point. Yeah. And those white collar layoffs, that will trickle down and affect the ultimate med spa user, med spa patient. Yeah. And so when Chris and I, when we set the scene, I think the layoffs are going to be really interesting for us. But to your point, Alex, on the recession and on the inflation hasn't affected this industry very much. And we are, we're also very bullish on it just because we looked at the quarterly uh, earning reports of that same kind of buyer who, you know, who buys Louis Vuitton, who buys Gucci, et cetera. But the white collar layoffs are something that are going to be really interesting to yeah. look at, right? Yeah. Because that will affect, because those are the core users, either the wives or the husbands or friends or family members of, you know, said, you know, software company or yeah. uh, white collar company. Um, I think that, you know, Goldman just laid off a ton as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, it's starting to happen, so fi- it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Fi- fi- finance is going to be affected pretty, uh, pretty significantly. And so what we talk to our patients, or excuse me, what we talk to our practices about is like, okay, we're not feeling it. Some might, some, some might not, but we do know it's here. We do know that, um, yeah the emotional effect is starting to take place. So what are things that we can do, Yeah. right? What are like five things that we can do? We call them at RepeatMD, the five strategies to thrive, okay. right? In an inflation or uh, in an inflation um, environment or recession environment. And so if you'd like, we could briefly go over those. Yeah, no, I, um, that's exactly where I was going to go. I mean, so, because what, what, what I've seen in my conversations is that, um, most med spas, most pra- are there are still thriving and they're still even growing. Yep. But there's no yep. question that there appears to be a little bit of something kind of bubbling under the surface. We see, well, yeah, you know, and, patients. And, you know, are, I want to talk to that yeah, because yeah. here here's the opportunity that you know, aesthetics and and you know elective medicine basically has the young industry. Yeah. The more mature industries are going to be harder hit by recession because there's not as much growth, yeah. right? So this yeah. is an industry is still growing in leaps and bounds. So so pain in a recession might be, hey, instead of 120% growth this year, we're going to see 80% growth right. because it's so right. young and there's so much room to run. Also, the value I see here, and I this reminds me of an article I just read in The Economist. You know, last time it was Harvard Business, Alex, this time we're talking about we're <laughs> yeah. different magazines. I mean, okay? I don't know if we're going to be able to let you back on this podcast. That's, <laughs> that's uh, way too well, high like We just lock them up and make them read things all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're talking about Gen Z and millennials and how they're actually planning on splurging in 2023 and beyond. So check this out. Here's a stat from McKinsey. I don't know if, if you don't know McKinsey, they're mm-hmm. a consultant group, one of the most famous consultant groups here in America. So they did a study. And they did uh, for Gen Z or millennials that were born between 1980 and the late 1990s. They spent 17% more in the year through to March 2021 than they did the year before. Mm. And despite the like the dark rebounds of the pandemic, so millennials are spending more. They then asked them, hey, do you plan on making a splurge purchase? And we had 45% of people in their early teens and 20s say, I plan on spending, uh, making a splurge purchase this year. They asked the same question to baby boomers. Mm-hmm. 83% of baby boomers said, no, they did not plan right. on making a splurge right. purchase this year. Right. But that goes full circle. So the, our chance for growth is reaching to younger folks who like, they see the world as more uncertain. So it's like YOLO, you only yeah. live once. Like I'm yeah. going to go and spend the money that I have and they're making more money. Absolutely. And guess what those young folks want? Guess what they're all hooked on? 
guess what you have? You have your Netflix membership. You have your Sephora membership. You have your you have yeah. your coffee. You have memberships for everything in your life. So if you really want to stay ahead and be proactive in this market, yeah. focus on yeah. memberships and the growth with the younger demographic. Yeah. The, the older folks are going to have challenges right now because they're trying to batten down the hatches. So going after the younger demographic and selling to them the way they want to be sold through their phone, through memberships, you're going to have a successful year. And that, I think, leads into Phil's top five. Yeah, yeah Chris, it. just briefly, just briefly, Alex, I think one of the craziest things, I don't know if you did any shopping during COVID or when you went to your, your local mall. We have one here in Houston. The Louis Vuitton lines? Yeah, we went to the, I went to the Houston Galleria during yeah. you know the, uh, COVID, probably 21, right after COVID. The lines out the doors of the of the luxury fashion yeah. homes yeah. were insane with the, the stimulus checks. And Chris, that actually is a good point for you, right? It's like you talk about the YOLO purchase. Um, aesthetics definitely fits in that category. A hundred percent. Especially especially with social media, the rise of social media, the rise of filters. I think one of the craziest things to watch is how many new customers uh, aesthetic practices or medical spas get just with, you know, the filter preview, right? Yeah. Where, uh, you know, a woman will go in and say, hey, I want to look more like my filter, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's crazy. I want to get into the five things, but I, but I, I have a related question that, 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 Chris, this is a good question for you since you're, since you're so well, well read and, and, and so much smarter than, than, than uh-huh. me and Phil. But so um, <laughs> to, to build off of Phil's point, so we hear about layoffs, you know, Facebook, whatever, all these tech companies, Goldman, we, we hear about uh, inflation. Um, the word recession has been has been being shouted from the rooftops for the past year to, you know, at least. Um, I was just at um, one of the malls around here for, 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 for lunch. And every time I go anywhere, like the, the retail stores are packed. The restaurants are packed. Like it's, it's hard to get a, a reservation even sometimes because, and I don't, uh, so I'm curious, like what, what's the, what's, what dynamic is, and, you know, along the same lines, some of the med spas are still growing. They're adding clients. Is it just a matter of time before that slows or is there something with these particular businesses, med spas included that, that just, that, that, that we were, we haven't felt it yet. What's going on there? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I, I, I think the data tells you, like, I, I, I don't think there's any, there's going to be any slowing. Um, millennials and Gen Z in America have $2.7 trillion in spending power, which is 30% of the total spending power. And we just told you the majority of them are looking to make a yellow big splash purchase. And they're actually spending more money post-pandemic than they did pre-pandemic because the world's a more uncertain place. So they actually think yeah. like, hey, who knows if my investment's going to be there? So they're not planning for retirement. So they're probably getting laid off from these companies and cashing out their 401ks and spending more. And that's why the malls are packed. That's why the food courts are packed. Because what you're seeing is where baby boomers are kind of like tightening up in a lot of areas, it's being counteracted in a bigger wave from the younger demographic shifting into that consumer spending. So I think as long as you're a med spa and you stay focused on, you know, being hip, fresh in front of your clients, especially appealing to younger millennials, like Philip always likes to like, bust me up on stage like look at Chris can you believe this guy's a millennial um, and I look great for my age so I don't even know why I'm like but the, the point is like I don't look like you think of millennials as being younger but yeah. they are 39 40 years old yeah. they're they're hitting and, that and they're age willing to spend they're hitting that age too where the where the where the wrinkle prevention is no longer prevention it's yeah, actually that's right that's and right. so you just so you just so if you want to stay ahead of that 
you just got to target them the way they want to be targeted. And it's the big brands really have all figured it out. Yeah. The, the big brands have figured out how to target those folks. And it's through mobile. Yeah. That's what every mega consumer yeah. brand that's crushing yeah. it even today yeah. is doing, targeting through mobile. So yes, it doesn't look like a recession, doesn't feel like a recession, unless you're older and you have a big retirement savings, then you definitely feel the recession. Yeah. So let's get into um, the the five things. I, th- I think that's a great way to kind of yeah. knock this off. Um, you're going to be talking uh, at, at MSS about um, similar topics. And as you go through these, uh, Phil and Chris, I think about there, there's, there, there's always kind of two separate cohorts of of people that that are going to be wanting information on this one is are the established med spas who you know aren't at risk of kind of going under but they nevertheless want to make sure that they're dealing with this in the right way and then you've got you know there's so many startups that that maybe don't have as big a track record as large a um uh you know, a, a pot of gold that they're sitting on and they're they've been spending to kind of catch up and grow Different considerations, but I'm I'm sure that a lot of the strategy is the same. So just think about it from those two points of view when when Absolutely. you um, when, when you talk about it. Yeah. So the the first one when it comes to five strategies to thrive right in an uncertain environment. The first one, and we'll go more in depth if you're going to see us at the MSS. We'll go more in depth for the audience, but just just briefly here. Number one is raise your prices and review monthly. Mm-hmm. And here's what's important is let's just say that you're actually, you grew 5% this year. Let's say that, um, that last year you, you grew, you know, 10% and this year, 5% or flat. Well, you might look at your sales and say, Hey, the inflation recession hasn't affected me, but you're making significantly less money. Mm-hmm. And we know that to be true just by looking at your syringe cost and your glove cost. Your gloves have gone up by 60%, mm-hmm. 60%. You know, Chris, you talked about eggs. Eggs are actually mm-hmm. the number one category leader for the uh, for inflation. They're, they're still up 66%. Gloves range between 45 and 55, almost 60%. Yeah. Your syringes have doubled in cost as well. So mm-hmm. you could actually be, uh, you know, selling, quote unquote, selling the same, but you're making a lot less. Yeah. And what we find with small business owners to be true, they are so much more emotional when it comes to pricing yes. and raising prices, yeah. right? You're For just sure. so much more emotional where you're like, you know what? I can't charge more because my patients won't buy. Like there's an emotional attachment yep. to your pricing yep. that large uh, enterprises do not have. And that's yeah. why they're way more profitable than you, you are. Yeah, right? it's, and, the it's, and so is, I, I would love for you to kind of talk about that because it's it's a huge thing that just raising prices in normal times is difficult. Everyone's raising prices. All of your your cost of goods have gone up, but you're absolutely right. It's difficult for a lot of small business med spas to do that. Is Are there things that you can do to make it less hard? I mean, how, how big a deal is it? And how do you handle that from a, from a process standpoint? Well, you know, uh, I think that you yourself and AMSPA is a big fan of Terry Ross, right? And one of her big things, and she was just here at our headquarters talking to our team, one of the big things is knowing your numbers, right? I see, you know, I just saw an ad on a $97 uh, Botox bundle, 10 units for $97. And I guarantee you, they don't know what the actual cost of yeah. their Botox and their syringes and the time and all that goes into. Yeah. If there was ever a time for you to be more conscious 
of what it costs me. You need to yeah. start with that where you actually, hey, am I a small business owner that knows my cost? And you and look, you don't have to know the cost of everything, right? But you do need to know your top 10 movers. What's my cost? What am I selling it for? And so I come from my background, Alex, is I was a restaurateur. I owned a bunch of restaurants mm-hmm. in Houston, franchised those restaurants. And we were obsessive with our cost because restaurants are very low margin game, right? You're lucky to make 11 cents on the dollar. So I'll tell you the difference between why our restaurant expanded and a lot of the other restaurants stayed small mom and pop is they didn't know the uh, inflectuation of pricing and how that moved their menu pricing. And so same thing is with the med spa owners. You might own a single med spa. You need to know your top 10 movers, what the price of that is, how inflation is affecting that and feel okay raising your prices. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I've done it. Our, Our clients have done it. It is okay to raise your prices. Look at the price monthly, if not monthly, quarterly, and then move to the cost of inflation, right? If I'm not saying move your costs by 40%, I'm saying, why don't you try 5%, see how it goes next month, another 5%, see how it goes and how your clients are reacting. The worst thing that you can do is not know your pricing. And then the second worst thing after that is not doing anything about it, right? Right. And so um, I think that's, just overall something all small business owners need to hear. It's okay to do it. Yep. Number one, you'll be fine. And well, they're uh, doing you, it to you. Gotta you. Know your it's like if you're not doing it, I mean, the, the, the folks you're buying from are doing it to you. And if you don't yeah, do it, you're, you, you're not. The grocery store is not thinking about it, are they, Alex? When no. I go buy my 60% more expensive eggs, what do you think they're doing? They're like, <laughs> you know what, Phil, I like this guy. <laughs> don't worry about it. You know, and it's, it's funny, but it's true. Right. And we have to, look, you don't sell the same and make less and be completely, you know, unconscious of that. Right. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So, so that's the yeah, first so thing. That, and, that, that, and that's yeah. easy, right? I mean, that's, that, that's an easy thing to do. It's, it's not easy emotionally in, in, in that, but it's, 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 it's not like there's a, there's a ton of, of work to go it's, through to that. Right. It's the medicine that you need to take. Right. And if you're, if you're listening to this today, use that okay. as at least an idea to, to consider. Awesome. Uh, number two, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Phil. No, yeah. uh, Number two, yep, go ahead. invest in training. Okay. Chris, do you want to talk about the importance of training? Yeah, look, training, yeah, just I can tell you from the RepeatMD side of things, uh, a lot of our success is because we're so committed to training. And, you know, I think we all heard of the term quiet quitting, the Great yeah. Recession in 2021. And we talked to med spas all the time. I probably had a thousand conversations with med spa owners, dermatologists, plastic surgeons. One of their biggest heartaches is like, man, it's just really hard not only to recruit great talent, but to keep great talent now, mm-hmm. right? And how to keep them motivated and care about the business as much as you do. And, and let me t- here's a secret, guys. Your employees are never going to care about the business as much as you do. So the, the key to getting that talent and keeping that talent is twofold. One, train them and enable them, give them all the tools so they know the right words to say, so they know how to you know, communicate with the patients and create a high-quality customer experience. But if you want them to actually give them the training and have it stick, You've got to include them in the upside of the business. You've got to find ways to incentivize them, to encourage them, mm-hmm. to give your message. I found in my history, Alex, maybe you find this to be true too, but people care a lot more about saying what you want them to say if they're paid to say it. You know, mm-hmm. if you pay your employees to compensate them for keeping on message, then they're going to be way more likely to keep on message. So include them in the business's success. Then you'll see that you're going to have a much more successful business when they feel some level of ownership because they think, hey, the better we do, the more money we make, the more money I can make too. And that's, you know, that makes sure that the training you do put in place sticks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, that's a huge point. And it's, it's, it's something that 
I think, frankly, I guess the good the good thing is that a lot of folks in MetSpa, um, the MetSpa industry, are accustomed to paying um, on performance. Um, I think what what they're not accustomed to doing though is paying on performance of the entire enterprise, like how this all works. Like, so a, a nurse injector is used to getting a certain bonus based upon how much, how many injections they're doing and how much revenue they're generating. But to me, it's not just that. It's also, are you selling skincare? Are you selling memberships? All the things that you're doing that are going to continue to drive that revenue. Are they doing that? And how do you track it? And if they are, are they getting a piece of, of that action as well? Yep. And, and ultimately, if you just reward people based on what they do, it's just, yes, my checks in, they do their job. Don't yeah. talk to me. I don't, right. I'm not like they're, you're, you're just creating mercenaries within the business and mercenaries don't care. And what's going to happen is Jennifer, when she sees a better opportunity, a better percentage, she's going to pack up, take half of your clients with her and move on down the street because she's a mercenary. Yeah. But if you get them immersed in the culture and say, hey, we're going to start selling membership programs and, you know, memberships help the whole business, help everybody. And we're going to give everybody a piece of the membership or packages. Then you create a world where everybody's helping everybody because all ships raise with the tide. So if you can find a way to include that in your business, yeah. you're going to build the business that's built to last and ultimately going to be more valuable if you ever plan on selling it or retiring. Yeah, yeah. So we've got raise prices, uh, check prices frequently so that you know what you're, you're, you're doing, what you have to meet. Train your staff, train your team yep. on, 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 how to, uh, on, on how to make the entire, to how to raise the tide for you. Uh, what, what, what's next? So with training, just a sidebar, I want to leave a tool. It's called Trainual, trainual.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a great site for a small business owner to use to create kind of a standardized training program that's easy okay. to make sure that everyone is followed and used their training. Um, so trainual. yeah, Trainual, just want to, tra- okay. yeah, Trainual is a good for a small business. If you want to have kind of those virtual trainings and you don't want them to live in your head and you want to make sure you standardize it, that's a great resource. Okay. But yeah, number Good. three yep. is what we call in the in the SaaS business, software business, MRR, and in, in you know, an abbreviation, it's create monthly recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. Enterprise value for your business really matters. And what enterprise value means is like what is the, the value of your business? Mm-hmm. We know that enterprise value businesses generate anywhere between three and five X greater valuation than those that just have one time sales. So the difference personified is like a med spa that's, you know, call it Beverly Hills, famous. Everyone goes there. Awesome. People get one time treatments line out the door. That's a valuable business. A more valuable business could be not in Beverly Hills. It could be sitting here, you know, call it in uh, Boca Raton, Florida, and they're doing a hundred thousand dollars of monthly recurring revenue of revenue that, uh, happens every month through memberships and not one-time sales because the, you know, the Beverly Hills med spa there, what happens if they become less popular? What happens if the next hottest med spa opens down the street? They really don't have a base of that ongoing customer coming every month and that, you know, the other med spa on Boca Raton does. And so creating monthly recurring revenue is really going to matter for your business to create long-term enterprise value. But it also means for you not starting at zero every month. Yeah. It's the ultimate retention tool. And this is, so, so this is something we've, we've talked about before and it's been something that has been kind of circling the med spa industry and, and it's getting more, more popular, but I'm curious, what are you seeing? Are, is there still a, a, a fair amount of med spas out there who just have not been able to take that step yeah. it, for whatever reason, time, money, infrastructure, whatever it might be, because it's, to me, it seems so intuitive and, 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 and natural, but I know there are folks that aren't doing it or there at least aren't 
as many folks doing it as should be doing it. I'll give you a wild stat. Seven out of 10 aesthetic patients want memberships. Only Mm -hmm. four out of 10 practices provide them. Mm -hmm. So there is a big gap, Mm -hmm. right? Huge gap. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, seven out of your 10 patients want a membership program. That could be an IV program, a membership for IVs. That could be a toxin club, right? It could be whatever it is that you dream of. And if you go to our YouTube, we have a whole membership masterclass that we dive into all the different memberships. But seven out of 10 patients want them. Four out of 10 practices have them. Well, if you're looking at any way to increase your revenue this year, having a meaningful membership program, I would put that at a star number one on your list uh, Mm -hmm. for 2023 and beyond. And is, is there anything to think about based upon inflation, economic times that, that changes the way you set up your membership or is everything still very consistent when, as, as it was before? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, and, and you're 100% right to, th- to ask that question. And it, it, it does change things because consumers will shop increasingly on value. Right. And if, if I'm a value shopper, especially Chris, you talked about baby boomers or even millennials, yep. if you're starting to value shop, hey, if I join this membership for $99 a month, that means my treatments as a benefit are 20% off. That's a value shop right? I'm going to spend 99, but that means I'm getting 20% off on my packages or whatever large Mm -hmm. treatment that I want to do. I'm going to stick with this med spa. I'm going to give them the $99. And so using, using that as a value shop identity and knowing that that's going to be increasingly more important, whatever your stance is on, you know, inflation affecting your business or not value shopping will, will be very, very in coming into this year and the future year. Yeah. And value, you know, is not the same as discount shopping. Discount just means like, hey, I want to get this and I just want to just call around. I don't care. I just want to get the absolute best price value. You can create value without creating discounts. And I think that's something to be really cognizant of. And that's one of the topics we'll be covering in our talks at AMSPA um, coming up in early February. And I know I don't want to plug us just yet, but uh, yeah, these <laughs> feel free. very, very big difference between discounts and values. Cause I know most people don't want to discount and we don't want to get you caught in a race to the bottom right. on discounting. Right. And there's some ways that you can drive value without discounting that I think anybody listening to this would want to tune in and hear more about. Well, and, and before we get on to number four, I'm going to, I'm going to blow both of your minds by pointing out that, the price raising and training one and two both are necessary parts kind of of the membership because it allows you to recapture some of that value. It allows you to yep. hide some of those price raises even a little bit. Um, and yep. then the training aspect of it is crucial because you can't sell memberships if you're, if your people aren't, uh, aren't trained. Phil, yeah. And, and, and just overall, and what we find, and we have 1,400 clients that sold a little under 50 million this year in memberships, that patient, that cohort of patient who is a membership spent 40% more yeah. in that given year than the patient who did not join a membership. And so it really pays to be conscious of that. Yeah. Uh, point number four here, offer best in class patient financing, mm-hmm. right? Huge, yeah, um, huge. I have uh, a lot of practices that, that have been like, you know what, I, we don't do financing. Our patients don't need financing. Chris, mm-hmm. what's your take on financing in the space? So, Alex, I'll ask you a question. If you have your own, you know, Tierschmidt spa, which I'm sure if you retire, that'll be a $10 million a year med spa <laughs> if you do, Alex. But if you have Tierschmidt spa and you only accept cash, you think that's going to create more sales or fewer sales if you only take cash? 
Well, I'm, you know, I, mine is the tier med spa and, um, cocaine dealership. So cash is really all I can do. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Well, see, then you're not going to worry about taxes. You have a whole different business model, Alex. No, so you know, um, so, just, you know, for the just average, joking. for the non-Colombian med spa though, if you only accept cash, you don't accept credit cards, that's going to hurt your sales, right? right. A- absolutely. It's, 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 it's something where I talk with folks all the time that there's a perception for some reason. And it's weird. It started with credit. I mean, credit cards are, are kind of ubiquitous now. Everyone takes yep. credit cards, but the patient financing is number one, it's different than credit cards. And I'm sure you can, you can explain yep. that. But for whatever reason, there is, there are some people who own med spas who have been a little bit reluctant for whatever reason. They think it's, it's, it's not the same thing. There, there's something about it that they just don't latch onto. But if you look at the data, if you offer it and people use it, people spend more money, they make purchases that they ordinarily wouldn't make. It allows them to get to get memberships, to get packages and things like that. So uh, explain. Yeah. So look, you're 100% spot on, right? And I don't want to you know, speak for people on why they may re- be resistant to having financing. Some of the things I've heard of is like, the, you know, the finance companies, they charge too much, right? They eat into the margins, maybe. Right. Um, I've had some clients tell me that all of my clients are celebrities. They don't need yeah. it. Like it's they don't need financing. And I hear that. I'm like, okay, look, even... I have money to go out there right now and buy myself a $500 juicer, Alex. Believe me, I'll show you my bank statements. I got the cash on hand to buy this juicer. But I still use buy now, pay later because it made me feel a little better because it's like midnight. It's like, do I really need to spend $600 right before I go to bed? Or do I feel okay (laughs) spending $49 a month? So I'm like, yeah, it's no big deal. Because now I feel like I only spent 49 and when those other 49s come out, I'll be drinking juice feeling great about it. So here's here's the analogy I'd give to anybody that's a business owner. Look at car dealerships, Porsche dealership, right? I love Porsche. Porsche, they don't say, well, hey, all people who buy Porsches have a lot of money, so we don't need financing. You come in with a credit card or cash or you don't get a Porsche. That would be crazy. They wouldn't sell any cars, right? But Porsche also doesn't say, hey, I'm going to have one bank finance us and hope you get approved. What Porsche does, just like any other dealer, they have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lenders dialed up, ready to go because they want to make sure that money does not get in the way of you driving off the lot with your dream experience. Money should never get in the way of your patient getting the treatments and services that they want and that they deserve because, you know, for aesthetics, these are transformative. As people think about it in the past, like, oh, you know, big butts, big boobs, big lips. But there's a lot of people that actually need this stuff because, you know, it affects their confidence and how they feel and see themselves. So how does it possibly hurt to make sure that you have every avenue possible to make sure people can fund their dreams and what they want to have, give them, give them all the access, the more, the better, it's going to be a better business and a better outcome for the patients. So I would highly, highly insist that if you, if you have financing, look at some additional ways that you can add it. If you don't have it, yeah. you have to have it because it's, you owe it to your business. And, 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 and nowadays it's become so integrated and seamless. I know, I know this, this works with, with what you guys have uh, with repeat MD, but it's just, it's, it's become very, very seamless and integrated. So there's not, it's, there's not a lot of pain to it. So it's, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. I think everybody needs to do it as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the final point here is invest in loyalty and referral programs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of crazy when you walk into the space again, Alex, we talked about how many memberships, how many practices have memberships, having a really meaningful loyalty program for your patients. It's like, that's the experience they experience in every brand they love to do business with. And if you consider yourself a brand or you want to consider yourself a brand, and there's a distinction there, um, if you want to consider yourself a brand, 
having a meaningful loyalty program in order to keep your patient retention high on autopilot and not have to go back into the acquisition mm -hmm. world where you know you're paying for Google clicks to get new patients in or having low quality social media leads is super important. Mm -hmm. So whether you use RepeatMD or whatever loyalty program that it is that makes sense for your practice, retention is the name of the game. It's not acquisition. If you look at the um, the really profitable biggest brands in the world, their bucket on retention to acquisition spend is 60, 40, 50, 50, meaning 50 cents goes on retention, 50 mm -hmm. cents goes on finding new clients or mm -hmm. you know new customers. If you look at small business owners, it's like 98% of the dollar goes into acquiring new customers mm -hmm. because we feel as though it's like, okay, run the Google ad, run the Facebook ad, buy this, buy that, this new thing, that new yeah. thing. And, and we stop thinking about, hey, how much of my dollar that I'm spending, am I spending on the existing customers, patients, clients that I have mm -hmm. to get them to come back in more often, spend more money and bring a friend? Do you have a systematic automatic way to do that meaningfully. Let me tell you what not what what not what's not meaningful. Just giving the money back. Mm -hmm. Okay? If someone spends a dollar giving them 2 cents back, they could do that anywhere their credit cards already doing it better than you ever can. Right. Having right. having a loyalty program that is really incentivizing the patient, educating the patient on what it is that you do uh, is super important for your business because I would tell you a lot of the practices we talk to, one of the things they hate to hear is when a patient hears about a treatment that the practice has been doing for the last year and they say, Oh, I didn't even know you did that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's yeah. like, what do you mean? I bought this device two years ago. <laughs> like, like, yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, and it's like, Hey, here's a thought. What if we used rewards or loyalty programs as a way to introduce your patients to treatments you want to sell more of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if we directed your patients in different parts of your uh, med spa that or you know your aesthetic practice that you want them to be aware of yeah. and how many of your patients just come in get the same treatment and leave and does it really need to be that way and the answer is no it doesn't need to be that way whether you use us whether you create a program however it is use a loyalty program to increase retention be thoughtful about retention and use your program as a way to introduce your patient to other high margin services so so the idea there is not just to provide cash back or incentivize through money, which by the way, um, there's a little thing called kickbacks that we like to talk about in, um, in, in the law. And, and so that's questionable that way anyway, yep. but irrespective of that, it's the, the idea is to, is to funnel them towards other services or other ways where they can find out about your services through the loyalty, through the loyalty program by giving, whether it's a, a discount or a treatment or whatever it is. Upgrade, upgrade. an upgrade, an upsell, gotcha. uh, a treatment itself, whatever makes sense for your business that you have. Instead of just giving kickbacks to your point, yep. right? That's a big no-no. Go check your state laws. You might be doing something that you're not allowed to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hear it all day, all the time. And I know you do too. And then number, and then number two is like, Hey, you don't actually have to give patients cash back. You can actually enhance their experience and get them to come in for another treatment that they didn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great uh, point because there's, there are, there's so much opportunity there, both on the, 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 the patient retention side and then how to do it because um, people don't 
understand and realize just how valuable the repeat patient is versus the new patient. The, the money it takes to get a new patient, the, the training that you need to be able to sell them and do the things versus a repeat patient. I mean, th- there's a value in equity there. And so you've got to be able to focus on that, on, on that, that, that retained patient just as much if yeah. not more. And, yeah, and you, I would, you, for every, go ahead, Bill. Yeah. I would just say, if you talk to, uh, if you talk to anyone in a med spa, they would say, yeah, I agree with that. And it's like, yes, you do agree with that. We all agree with that. Right. But what are you doing systematically to ensure that that's actually happening? If, if I asked you, Hey, out of this $10,000 you spent on marketing this month, how much did you spend on remarketing existing clients to come them to get them to come back and spend more money? You'd be like, uh, we didn't yeah. do that at all. Yeah. It's like, well, see that the, the, uh, understanding and knowing something, you know, versus applying it is the big difference that we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like, I, I get it. Like, I understand where these businesses come from because acquisition, it's like, okay, hey, somebody comes along and says, hey, give me $20,000 and I'll drive people through your doors. It's easy. I don't have to think about it. It's just like I click a button and, and hopefully acquisition works. Retention, it's a strategy. It's, mm-hmm. it's a systematic way of keeping people coming through your doors. And so I think a lot of people just look at it as like, oh man, it's just so like, it, like, Hey, my people are coming back pretty good. I, it's just, I'll, I'll look at it later. It's just, they don't have, know how to chunk it down and create like simple systems because to your point, Alex, like how valuable is it really for every one patient you lose, you need two new patients to replace a current patient. So yep. like if, if you're in a business and you're not growing at least, especially in aesthetics and you're not growing at least 20% year over year there's a really, really good chance you have a, a like retention problem that you need to address and that's hindering your growth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, it, it's a different kind of work and a different kind of reward for the retention versus the new patients. It's like with, yep. with social media, getting a like or a, or a new follower, whatever it is, it, it you know, it gets you all excited and it, it yeah. but you know, taking the time to respond to comments and engage and do that kind of work to make these longer term followers. That's what it's all about. It's about making sure that you got people who stick. Yeah. Remember McDonald's when you were a kid, it would say like 3 billion people served. Yeah. Right. That wasn't 3 billion individuals. That was 3 billion McDonald's built on retention. If McDonald's only sold one burger and you never came back, they'd have been out of business a long time ago because everybody who's wanted one has had one. So most businesses are built on retention at the core and as the more aesthetics like ingrains that into its code and DNA, yeah. this business is going to take off in a major way. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I was talking about earlier. The difference between building a brand, Alex, is yeah. is if you're going to build a brand and what's the benefit of building a brand? Well, number one, brand moves faster than sales, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. the brand that I know is the brand that I'm going to continue going to. And that's the fastest way to grow sales, right? Because everyone's starting to talk about you. But also, if you're going to build a brand, every part of it needs to be intentional, right? Having an, a, a retention or loyalty program is intentional. The way that we train our, you know, our customer or excuse me, train our um our employees is intentional. Every aspect of it is right. And so if you're really looking to uh, build faster, build bigger, not be affected by the recession, uh, not worry about competition opening up, I would start really thinking about, do you have a brand? And if you don't, what are the steps that you can take into actually building one? Yeah. So I don't want to give away all your secrets uh, because you've got uh, you, you you've got a whole session at uh, MSS where you're going to talk about this. So, but but before we go, I do um, the the kind of the final question and, and point I want to land on is 
So all of these things, I think, are are it's they're great advice. It's it's intuitive and it's insightful. And it's going to be very very helpful. Um, there are businesses right now who already have membership who've got the established clients. They're gonna you know as as the recession continues to to to, to land, they're going to have these inherent advantages. If you're not doing some of those those things, though, um, is it too late to start now, or or when do you start doing that? You know, ahead of some of this stuff, in order um, to actually leverage it to be able to get you through the coming economic storm, for lack of a better term. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the time is now. The time is for now. Sure. Right. Yep. The time is now for sure. And I and if I were to start anywhere, I would start with reviewing my prices. Right. Because that's an overnight uptick. Um, You know, something's more expensive the very next day. You're making more money. uh, Your sales go up. Right. So I would start with prices for sure. Um, But what we were talking about, you know, what's funny is there's a quote that Tony Robbins says that always sticks with me. And he says, when people, when, when, when people achieve success, they tend to party when they start make, you know, when they fail, they tend to ponder. Right. Mm-hmm. So don't mm-hmm. wait to the point of like your business failing yeah. to ponder. Right. Yeah. The time is right now. Those strategies to thrive, reviewing your prices, investing in training, creating a monthly recurring revenue membership program, offer financing, investing in loyalty programs. You and I both know and everyone listening, you could have all of those five done in the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. There doesn't need to be this incredible event that wipes out your businesses or people are no longer coming into your med spa for you to think about these yeah. things. These are good business practices yeah. that the last two years that some people might have not thought about because we were partying. We were busy partying. Success was you opened a med spa. You were busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would ask you. What happens if that's no longer true? What happens that you actually have to be an incredible operator and you can't just open up a med spa and the thing fill out? Yeah. If that if that's no longer true, these five things are absolutely critical to play the game of business. And I'll tell you, business is an intellectual sport. So we need to spend time thinking about working on our business rather than just in the business itself. Mm-hmm. Phil, that's fantastic. I want to I want to take the opposite side of that. Imagine a world where you do these things, where you take, where you you build these basics and fundamentals into your business, and everybody else isn't. Even when a recession comes, your business is probably actually going to grow because you're set to withstand it, and everybody else is floundering, and and you're still moving forward. So, just keep in mind, a lot of businesses actually have record growth during recessions because they're prepared for it, and other people aren't. And I'll tell you, where we live in Houston, and I'll tell you, uh, Alex, the time to buy a generator for your house is not when the eye of the hurricane is barreling down on the city. It is before hurricane season comes. And yeah. so if you're prepared, you'll be fine. If you're not, well, better yeah. start pondering. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 true. And, you know, we just saw that with with uh, COVID. We saw that the folks that were able to to weather the initial storm uh, flourished and, and, and those who didn't obviously couldn't. Um, well, this has been great, guys. I, you know, I encourage everyone who's listening. Uh, if you're coming to MSS, um, check out their not only check out their talk, but I heard a rumor that you get this amazing booth, and I can't wait to see it myself. It's, it's constructed, you know, and it's probably like six or seven stories tall. It's got a fire breathing <laughs> well, dragon. My God, this thing is turning <laughs> into a fish tail. Yeah. Um, check out the booth, um, and then uh, you know, yeah, this is this is this is it's such a pertinent talk anyway right i mean it's 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 all these things should be done kind of anyway but 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 now that we're kind of you know looking down at 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 the landing like it's 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 really time to start taking this seriously 
Absolutely. Yep, and thanks. Thanks for that, Alex. And, you know, in America, everybody knows three dates. They know where they were when JFK was killed, where they were when the towers came down and where they were when they first saw the repeat MD massive booth at the trade show. And that's at AMSPA <laughs> this this February 3rd. Through My 6th. God. So, yeah. Yes. It's, they've actually had to they've actually had to, to tear out parts of the wind and rebuild it. Around it's incredible what uh, what they're willing to do so we can get the skyscraper in the building. Alex. <laughs> All right, oh, we'll see you awesome. there, Alex. All right, thanks so much, guys. We'll see you there. Pre- appreciate your time. All righty, have a great one. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Phil Sitter and Chris Jaminka, co-founders of Repeat MD. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.